Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website, MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Hey, Metalheads. Thank you for tuning in to The Metal Forge. I'm your host, Mark Jackson. And this week, I have seven sisters from London, England on the line. If you've never heard of them, they're a traditional heavy metal style band, this new wave of traditional heavy metal, which I know seems to be the kind of thing that I've been having on a lot recently because I think it's fucking awesome. And where I am open to many different genres to come onto the Metal Forge because it is the Metal Forge. It could be death. It could be black. It could be thrash. It could be traditional. I want to have everybody on there. So if you're in a band, send me some contact info, metalforgeradio at gmail.com. Because why not, right? We're all in the community. We're all here as people. We're all in this together. So, Seven Sisters from London, England. New wave of traditional heavy metal. Super fucking cool band that, you know, they're melodic twin guitar driven heavy metal. We've got a little bit of a a progressive feel to them. Super fucking cool. We're going to check them out here in just a few minutes with some songs. And then we're going to talk to them. But before I get into that, you know, I always like seem to drink coffee while I do my interviews and while I do these monologues, right? Because, hey, I'm a coffee fanatic. And what's your brand? You know, everybody has their own brand of coffee. Like some people, they love the Starbucks, right? Some people love their little local coffee shops, so on and so forth. Some people love Folgers or Maxwell House. You know, I love Dark Sumatra, personally, and Kahlua coffee. But Dark Sumatra, you know, I love that rich the, the dark uh, oomph to it. So, what's your brand of coffee? Do you have any? Do you have Death Wish? You know, uh, metal, Death Wish. You know, do you, do you have a brand? Shoot me a message. I want to hear it. I want to talk about some coffee on the show. Because <laughs> it's been a partnership for some bands also. I know uh, Ripper Owens had a coffee deal. There's been a few others that's, you know, floated across the uh, Instagram and Facebook feeds. So, what's what is it for you? So what are you guys looking forward to in 2021? Personally, I'm looking for bands to release new material. 
And there's, I know there's been a slew of bands releasing material over 2020 in the pandemic, and I know a lot of them want to get back to playing shows. And I'm not saying that I don't want to see bands live, because ultimately I do. But I want to see them safely. I want to see places reopened safely, where we don't have to have crowd restrictions, so on and so forth. But, as I was saying, I'm really looking forward to the new music that's going to be coming out this year. Because, while a lot of bands have released so much awesome stuff in 2020 during the pandemic, I know a lot of them that I've spoken with have already got new material ready to go or being released as we speak. For example, Haunt is releasing Beautiful Distraction at the beginning of April. Black Knife has just released Murder Season. And I know that's only a couple of examples, but there's a ton more out there. So I'm really looking forward to the new music because even though we just got new music, people grow, people need to evolve as musicians. And I think that's ultimately where it's at. You know, content is king, as I've said a million times before, and even on this show I've said it. The more content you put out there, the more you can share with your fans, the more stuff that, you know, you will be able to just play live at the time when it comes through. You can have a different set each night of a tour. I do need to thank the sponsors, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music. Go see Mike, Brooks, Burt, Bobby, Howard, JP. Go see them. Go online to maxwellshouseofmusic.com, momsmusic.com. They offer some awesome packages. I think uh, during certain times of the year, they're even doing free shipping. So check them out. Find out what you need to get gear-wise. Then, what you can do from there, get on TattooCharlies.com, set up your tattoo appointment at the Preston Highway location or the Lexington location if that's where you're at. And go get you some awesome fucking ink by some of the best artists in the Louisville and Lexington areas. Yeah, I said that. The best artists in the Louisville and Lexington areas for fucking sure. And if you go to the Louisville location, you can always check out the Tattoo Museum. So set up your appointment today at TattooCharlies.com. From then, when you're in your car, you can pop on the Metal Forge on your route to Better Days Records at 921 Barrett Avenue. You look into the independent metal section, get you some vinyl, go over to the CDs, get you some CDs of metal, or whatever else you want to be looking for. If you want to be looking for the smooth jazz, they've got it. The hip-hop, they've got it. The classic stuff, they've got it. So after you leave Better Days Records, I know you don't have the turntable in the car, so what you can do, if you're all caught up on the Metal Forge, cruise over to the Wrestling Steve Show, and it's anywhere you get a podcast, anywhere you found this podcast, you'll find his. And listen to Wrestling Steve talk about the biggest updated news in wrestling today, or some watch-alongs and just general reviews of uh, shows and pay-per-views. Or if you're just looking for some awesome uh, local Louisville, Kentucky interviews, check out the It's Gonna Get Weird podcast with Scott Clark and Frank Green. Two super fucking awesome cats that I think you're going to fucking dig and I think you'll like it. So after that, what you could do, like what we're about to do right now, we're going to rock the fuck out and we're going to rock out to Seven Sisters right now. So this track comes from Cauldron and the Cross. This is Once and Future King.
metalheads right now i've got seven sisters on the line and this is kind of cool because they're all strung out over europe right now somebody said they were in spain and you got some people in in england right how you all doing uh i'm i'm very well thank you i am currently in spain because my girlfriend is spanish i've been with her and her family since before christmas oh wow Uh, so yeah we've been out here for a little while now a little bit longer than i intended to be actually but uh we're making the best of it anyway definitely so give everybody a rundown who's with me today cool well i'm kyle and i am the singer and the guitarist of seven sisters and i am currently stuck in spain (laughs) could be worse you want to go, Sam? Yeah, no, um, I'm Sam. <clears throat> I'm uh, the, the newest member of the outfit at the moment, uh, currently on, on drums. And um, yeah, I'm I'm in sunny old London, which hasn't been sunny in about six weeks. So, oh. you know. <laughs> Pure darkness. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, um, I wake up, I look out the window and I feel like I'm blind. Oh, wow. Uh, um, I'm Gaz, uh, bassist. I've been, yeah, been rolling with Seven Sisters for, when, when did I join? It was about 20 Nearly, nearly, the... nearly three years now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, gone back been, quickly, I know, right? Um, yeah, it's been playing bass for that ever many years and stuck in London with Sam. Right on. So it looks like the band began in 2013 is what I'm seeing here. I consult the metal archives a lot, and sometimes, you know, they're kind of like Wikipedia. There's a lot of stuff yeah. that's kind of <laughs> false here. So it yeah. looks like here you all been around since 2013, of course, with uh, some member changes here and there. Walk everybody through the story of Seven Sisters. Cool. 
Well, I'll take this one because I'm the only original member here at the moment. <laughs> I feel that, brother. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we, as in Graham and I, the other guitarist, um, we started sort of jamming together late 2013. Seven Sisters wasn't really a thing until I would say 2014 when we actually decided on a name and decided for it to be a project. Um, but yeah, we were just messing around jamming in my front room just for something to do and then it just so happened that we ended up with a few songs and they ended up being the warden demo that we released in 2014 now at that point we weren't a real band it was just me and graham and then we got josh who is the singer for dark forest um we got him in to do some vocals and i programmed the drums and i played the bass guitar and then we, re- we recorded everything in my uh my front room and then released it on cassette tape and then took it from there they sold out pretty quickly much to our surprise you know we released a song on youtube and then that got shared around and then all of a sudden people seemed to be interested so we decided to get a real band together which was probably september 2014 and then by november we were playing gigs that was our first ever show we played in november 2014 um since then, we've released two albums, a uh, couple of EPs, Definitely. more later on now. But um, yeah, we seem to have gone through a bass player per album so far. For whatever <laughs> for whatever reason, it's the same thing has happened each time. So we release an album and it's like, oh, this is going really well. Maybe I'll leave. So they do. <laughs> Get somebody else in. Oh. Um, and obviously for this next album that's going to be coming out it will have sam on it who like you said is the newest member and gaz hasn't yet played on an album with us yet he joined shortly after the cauldron and the cross coming out it's going to be an entirely new rhythm section for this next album so so but, when you do write the new album and record it he's gonna leave is what you're saying right <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be I the guess. tradition yeah yeah so I, the days are numbered good. now i know all too that well. easy. <laughs> right i know all too well what you mean by that <laughs> ah. <laughs> so i get it, it does happen you know it's it's not luckily we've not parted ways with any of the previous members in bad blood you know it's never been an argument it's never been a falling out it's just been a change of circumstance you know it's stuff sure. happens life changes you know people want to go different directions Absolutely. So, you know, we're still friends and and, and i think you you hit it right life changes because you know People want to have families. People want to have houses. And this business as music is kind of hard to do that with sometimes. If you're out on the road for 300 days a year, it's really hard to have a stable household uh, with a wife and kids and just, you know, being a functioning member of your community yeah for sure yeah and because you're just sort of floating about for quite a lot of it oh absolutely that's where i always look look up to people like uh tony aomi who he had that and still tried to be part of his community as well as you know being black sabbath so so it's totally cool So back in December of 2020, you all did kind of a split deal where you released a compilation of the Warden EP, the demo tape, and the Lost in Time 7-inch single called Echoes of a Distant Time. Yeah, so that, that's just a re-release of our earliest material. Um, you know, we released that, well, sort of five, six years ago now. So people were asking if they could get it on physical copy, the only releases we ever did of those were very limited numbers of cassette tapes and uh, the seven-inch single, which was Lost in Time. 
we never released it on any, anything else. Right. Um, they've been available digitally for the whole time that they've been released, but we never actually put it to anything other than what they were initially released on. I think it was like 150 tapes and wow. like 300 seven-inch singles, maybe, of the Lost in Time stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was more just a thing for fans that had discovered us later and perhaps wanted to own that on a physical copy. I remastered them slightly just to make the audio a little bit better because they weren't recorded in the best circumstances and also make it a bit more appropriate for for vinyl because it has to be mastered in a particular way. But yeah, um, that's just old material. There's nothing new there, uh, but it was more like a service to the fans, really, so they could own those old songs on a physical copy. For sure. And it looks like it done extremely well because you can only get the digital copy yet again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're extremely fortunate to have like a very uh, passionate fan base and they really support us in pretty much everything we do. Even like the weird stuff, which is like the acoustic EP that we did not so long ago. And, you know, to help raise some money for a venue that's very close to us in terms of like, well, location and also part of the history of Seven Sisters. We, I put together like um, some 8-bit retro video game style versions of our songs. Definitely. Just as a, just as a digital EP to raise some money. And, you know, we did 250 pounds, I think it was, in like 24 hours, which is great. Wow. So, yeah, we're pretty lucky to, to have fans that will buy our stuff. Which is uh, 8 bits and smash hits, as, you, as you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> that is, one uh, is... That one is Graham's idea, that title. He's not there. He's not here to claim the victory on that one, but yeah. But, it, but it works. It is my That's favorite cover art, though. It, it <laughs> is very good. Yeah. Anybody who is a fan of classic, now it's called retro gaming, you should really check this out because it's super fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I, I like the fact that there are no like eyes or nose or mouth on any of the characters, just like if you were playing an NES game. <laughs> they're, they're just kind of this blank face. Yeah, totally, yeah. What was yeah. the genesis just behind with that? Some fa- distinguishing features, right? Yeah, the the goatee uh, and the well, mustache and the glasses. A, a, <laughs> yeah, I've I've run a project alongside Seven Sisters, which is called Wizard Tower Studios, and uh, that deals. I write music, which is basically retro in inverted commas video game music. Um, you know, I'm approaching games developers to work with them and write music of that ilk. But I also just rel- I just write music for the fun of it and release it digitally so people can listen to it. So it was kind of like in conjunction with that, it was just a little idea to try and raise some money for the Black Heart, which is like one of our favorite venues, as a lot of venues are right now because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, they're under threat of being closed permanently because the government just hasn't given them the funding that they need to stay alive, really, right. whilst all this has been going on. So that was just to help try and raise some money for them. For sure. And I think that, you know, a lot of people really take that kind of stuff for granted, even here in the States, because there's been tons of venues that have closed because of the pandemic. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not just a, you know, your city. It's everywhere. It's worldwide at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a a massive crisis, really. You know, like you say, a lot have already been lost and, I mean, speaking just from the perspective of the UK, it wasn't great to begin with. You know, venues were closing anyway. Because the economy. You know, exactly. Yeah. Or for whatever reason, you know, a building happens to be in the way of a new development, you know, like a, I don't know, a fucking car park or something completely not essential. But the government wants to knock down this, you know, uh, sort of area of buildings because it's in the way of whatever they want to do. Culture's just being wiped away. Right. Because of it. 
Definitely. And this hasn't helped. You know, this this coronavirus thing, this hasn't helped it at all. No, because if you can't have your, your customers come in and have patronage, it's not going to work. I mean, it, yeah. stuff just is going to sit there, unfortunately. And it's going to yeah. be one of those things where they can either make money by selling the property, unfortunately, to places who who make parking garages and shit like that out of it. And, uh, which yeah. sucks. It, it sucks on a level because the people that are not affected by stuff like that are going to be your huge bands. The yeah. ones that get affected by that are bands like yours and mine and anybody else who I've had on this show in, in the recent two years, because so you're the 95% of bands that operate, you know, not the top, the yeah. top. One percent of bands, you know, it's like the music industry can sort of almost directly reflect the uh, economic <laughs> crisis mean, that we're going under. I think with, uh, you know, not to get too political here, uh, when it comes to art funding, I don't think that most governments actually look at people like you or I to have any kind of artistic value, quote, air quotes on that, because we're not playing in places like our, our theaters or like Hammersmith yeah, Odeon yeah. or pl places like that. If you're not playing in places like that, you're playing in bars or yeah. small clubs and they could give a fuck less about small clubs. Oh man. So, yeah. It's probably not a good idea to get started on this topic. Because you're right. I, <laughs> we all, we all absolutely despise our government and the way it's been going on right now. So same here. I mean, just, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, fuck the Tories. Uh, eat the rich, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so let's take a break from that shit. Let's take a real quick break. Let's come back. Let's talk some more about you guys and what you've got coming up. Hey, guys. Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. My show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. So what's next for you guys? You said you were going to be recording. Is that so you've taken the pandemic, I'm assuming, and written new material? Yeah, uh, I'll actually let these guys answer it because they've been they've been pretty quiet. Been going on. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's just nice to talk to people. Never <laughs> for sure. For sure. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> and I mean, you know, we've got this nice. I'm going to break the wall here. We've got this nice video conference where where nobody's yeah. going to see this but us. <laughs> <laughs> sipping, sipping beers, and I've got some chocolate here as well. Nice. I, I've still got half eaten McDonald's. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm drinking Diet Mountain Dew because that's how. Mine's I a ginger am. beer. Nice. So Leffy Brown. Cool. Yeah, Leffy. So tell me about the uh, the recording and the writing process. What's going on for the new stuff? Well, um, the, the, the writing process was um, well. First of all, it's very different for me. I mean, obviously, it's the first sort of time I've been through it with with the Seven Sisters boys. Um, I've been a part of countless, you know, terrible projects previously. <laughs> um, 
But um, yeah, no. So instead of it being what one would expect, you know, everybody in the room, you know, somebody lays down a riff and you sort of building it that way. Uh, this time around, it was very much Kyle had so many good ideas that he went off on his own and sort of put together a few rough demos, sent them all over to us. And then we all sort of gave our um, input and changes from afar. Mm. Because obviously with the pandemic, we've been in the same room together. I think it's uh, five. No, it's it's seven days total in the last 12 months i believe oh it is my now. gosh oh, you're right. and um, yeah so it, it it was very much a, a remote process this time around um but mm. we all have the sort of the capabilities of being able to, to sort of do our own write our own stuff and um expand upon the ideas that sort of kyle sent over mm. so once we sort of gave that feedback to him he then sort of fleshed out the demos and then we went into record um but the difference being, I recorded the drums completely remotely. Um, I went into the studio, um, Signal House Studios, my good friend Tim, and um, we smashed out uh, all the drums for the album in four days, then did the edits in the fifth, and I sent those over, and then it was left to the other boys. Guys, want to talk them through all the other good fun stuff? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was... Um, uh, yeah, I think once all, that was, once all that was done, I suppose the good thing about what we... Yeah, I know Kyle was saying about... Spe- uh, recording the warden in your front room and then we sort of like upgraded to the garage for this one <laughs> yeah this is this has been a very much a diy process again um but it, at the same time though i think it, it's been like i don't know about you guys but it's a mu- it's a much smoother process because it, you haven't got because there wasn't like studio time booked or apart from the drums obviously um apart when it comes to recording because there's no studio time or anything like that there's no no pressure to cram everything or sort of make cut here and there to potential ideas if we wanted to do something oh, let's see if we can throw it in and we did um once all the drums were laid down we all sort of um yeah uh migrated up north at the time to uh to the garage to lay, to lay down some tracks just sort of um when the hotels were still open just sort of crashed there for about um how how long were we up there was it a week five days it wasn't even that yeah it's five days so yeah, yeah once once sam sent the drums um sam and tim had finished with the drums they sent them to me just like the the stems you know the um, unpolished sure. sort of stems and then i started the recording process just whatever i could do on my own in my bedroom uh luckily i've got some pretty good recording equipment so we it's all apart from the drums it's all been recorded either you know by me or you know me recording the guys in my garage but it still sounds you know pretty pro i think by the end of it yeah i just did whatever i could by myself and then we organized like you say five days where the other guys came up graham guys and sam we sort of we they stayed in hotels we recorded in my garage and then just recorded all the parts. Like, you know, Gaz played all the bass parts, Graham all his parts. And then we had like a day left where we could listen and maybe do mix and final tweaks. And then I've mixed it myself and we sent it off somewhere to... The, the whole thing's done, by the way. We're talking in past tense because we've finished this entire process now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, the, the mastering has finished. We're just waiting on some final things from the record label. They need to pay the mastering engineer and then we'll get the final files and that's it. And then we can start announcing things and get the ball rolling on the promotion. So yeah, this has all been done. Um, we're just waiting now for other people to pull the finger out, basically. Definitely. So it, it, since it's already done recording and I know you're waiting on other people, is there a target goal of when you would like to have this put out? I know as soon as possible is probably always the best answer for that but are you really 
and, and with things being shut down still in a lot of places and the tour aspect is kind of still kind of limited is there yeah. a is there a particular goal like we want to release this by august or it's a bit sooner than that actually the provisional date is a tentative june but cool. given i think that i think the label will want at least three months of like a, a promotional lead up to the release right. of the album pre-sales and so, so on yeah all that kind of stuff so i don't know basically once we get the files we can announce whenever we want the artwork's finished the the music's done it's just kind of waiting on them now but i think it's going to be a summer release yeah, uh, yeah right on which you know is right in that same time period of you know, when everybody's going to be ramping up into a touring season, hopefully by this summer, we might get a few shows out few of shows. out of people. Uh, yeah. I know there seems to be here in America, there seems to be some summer shows that are happening, but they're like on an outside basis. So people can yeah. distance more. And I think most of them have required masks. That's a good thing. Hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully we can get this stuff knocked out because, you know, as much as everybody says, I'd like to go to shows again. I know. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Like, obviously we're all absolutely desperate to, to get back to doing what we were doing. Yeah. Um, but ultimately things is we just need to be patient and see this thing out. Um, otherwise it's just going to prolong the the weird aftermath of the virus maybe turning into another variant and then right. you know we'll have to shut down again or whatever you know so playing gigs is cool and it's the best thing ever but people dying is unnecessarily can be pre- it can be prevented so exactly. i'd rather prevent that i agree but with yeah, you 100% we, with the way things are going now and the way our government's talking venues will be open again in the summer so if that does actually go ahead we might be able to play you know a show in the UK is like an album release show later on in the year once things have calmed down. I don't think we're going to be doing any touring. For sure. Until and I think that's what a lot of people have decided, that they're not going to try and do any. I know there's people out there that are, that are really trying, especially here in the States, which is kind of mm. a, it's like, why would you do that kind of thing? To me, it is yeah. anyways. But I think yeah. the one-off show, I think it adds a little bit more allure to being a musician anymore. Because, <laughs> there, well, what I'm saying by that is the overexposure of being a musician can kind of really be a thing. So, yeah, well, people will be more up for it, I guess. I think it'd be interesting to see what it does sort of like in, in the UK because we don't really have much in the way like of outdoor venues and we don't really have much in the way of sort of um, like the medium-sized festivals, as it were. So I think it'd be yeah. it'd take a lot longer for before, you know, bands are sort of our level sort of be able to be doing those things because we just don't have the facilities or the uh, infrastructure for like, gigs of that size of that you're either in the toilet circuit or you're at download at Wembley there's there isn't there's very little in between right yeah uh, and the reason we go to Europe <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah for sure and you know when you're playing in places like Germany and where they do have somewhat of a you know moderate level of venues mm-hmm. absolutely mm. I get you All right, I'm going to shift gears here. This is a part of the show where I'm going to start asking you guys some general profile questions about you, because I like to find out what makes people tick. Cool. Do you believe in the paranormal? Ghosts, uh, Sasquatch, stuff like that? I'm I'm going to take a hard no on that one. Hard no? No possibility. They do not exist. No no Loch Ness Monster? Ah, poor Messi. Yeah, no. I think the closest thing you're going to get to the Loch Ness Monster is somebody throws a throws a nice big uh, you know blood sausage straight into the uh, straight into the water <laughs> themselves you know a lob of haggis. Nice. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, paranormal. Well, do, does the aliens come under that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because I absolutely believe that intelligent life exists elsewhere in the universe. Just not here. Well, just, <laughs> just no, well, definitely not on this planet. That's for fucking sure. But that doesn't sound paranormal to me because it's more of averages, isn't it? But, but that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, the right, probability yeah. of something existing elsewhere is just. Well, yeah, given the size of the universe. Definitely. Yeah. Stuff like aliens. De- stuff like aliens, yeah. Stuff like ghosts, now. Nah. Right on. See, that's what I'm with you guys. Aliens, 100%. Everything else, not a chance. Definitely. Okay. What's your most embarrassing moment? Ooh. I mean, I've had too many, really. To, <laughs> do we keep it band-related? or You can do whichever. Do we, if you, if, most if, you're, if your ever. most embarrassing moment is your, your, your pants falling down in high school, you, you tell me that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or if I it's did on shit stage, my hats on the way back from school once. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but I just Ooh. decided. Well, I needed yeah. a shit about halfway through the day, and I was really clenching by the time school finished. <laughs> and I had about a twenty-minute walk home, which was all downhill. And then I got, I got. Well, I stopped twice because I thought I might actually dare to take a shit in the outdoors and just wipe my ass with a leaf. I was that desperate. And then, and then it all went downhill. I, I just, well, yeah. And then I decided not to. And then I got home. I kid you not. I knocked on the door. My mum just about to unlock the door. And that's it. My bowels just gave oh, away. Oh, Got it. So close yet so far. But following on from that, mine is probably uh, yours. Only I actually, I risked the shit outside. So I'm my way between the GP and the gym. And yeah, my stomach just went. Found a, I found a... <laughs> found a bush in a nice residential area um, all gated and all and I went to the gym with one less sock mm, nice, <laughs> nice. I, I must say I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to announce that uh, I'm the only member of Seven Sisters that can keep my bowel in check Ah, <laughs> <Hey. laughs> <laughs> oh, this time yeah uh, my, 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 my most embarrassing moment probably and it is music related because it seems that my whole <laughs> life really is um, it's the first time I was learning to play with backing tracks and click tracks on stage, and I went completely, completely out. Yeah, I was, I was playing. Yeah. Like, me and the rest of the band were playing part of the song, and then suddenly the chorus um, effects all came on halfway through a verse. No. Wow. It didn't go well. No, That's definitely not. Definitely not. With isolation and the pandemic and everything, are you learning any new skills? Uh, yeah, well, I've learned. I've taught myself how to do pixel art. You know, like for all the artwork that for the Seven Sisters EP cover and things. That was all me, which is so that's a new skill nice. that I've taught myself. Pixel art, and I've been learning how to make guitar pedals as well. So basic, cool. ele- basic electronics. I've so, yeah. learned how to change nappies. Ah, uh, yeah. Sam's a dad, and ah. a new new dad now. Well, old and new at the same time. Yep. Nice. What have you learned, Gaz? I'm learning I'm, nothing yet. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> nothing <laughs> yet. What was your first mm. concert? Iron Maiden, two thousand and three. Nice. That's a good one. Nice. That's a good yeah. first concert. Yeah. That's I not, know. That's not getting topped in this conversation. I saw my first concert was Roger Waters um, playing at the Manchester Evening Arena. I don't know what year it was, but it was you know Roger Waters and his band playing Pink Floyd, like old Pink Floyd stuff. Right. So that was pretty cool, actually, thinking back on it. So, yeah, I think that's like my first real concert is Roger Waters. See, funny enough, my first one, um, my mum surprised me with tickets and took me to go and see Nickelback. Oh, yeah. But to this day, <laughs> right to on. This day, no band that I've seen live, and that includes the greats like Maiden, Ramstein, any of them, none of them have had a better guitar tone. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's going to cause some uh, 
That's going to cause some... Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you know me? Cr- Chris Natalini from Blood Feast actually said that, too. That He, he said that they were one of the best shows that he had ever seen. It, it's something I hear regularly, actually, about yeah. Nickelback. I hate them or lo- love them or love them. You know, I think they're, they've been around for so long. Right. They, they must be doing something right. Yeah. Right, because I believe they started like when they were like small tour level. It was probably around 96, mm. 97. So they've been mm. around for over wow. 20 years at this point. So. Yeah, man. Other than music, what do you invest too much time into? <laughs> Call of Duty trying, War, try, yeah. <laughs> trying not to shit my pants outside. <laughs> <laughs> that got him good. Oh, about choked on my Mountain Dew there. <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, yeah, I also play too many computer games. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Warzone's just taken over my life since lockdown started a year ago. Right on. <laughs> Probably work. Work. Yeah. I get that work, a lot. Yeah. My uh, yeah. work life is definitely a, a number one answer in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you currently reading anything? I Nothing, just finished actually, reading. For the first time in a while. I've just uh, finished reading uh, Slaughterhouse Five by mm-hmm. Kurt Vonnegut. Right. Which is awesome. It's about the, the bombing of Dresden. Oh, jeez. Yep. So, yeah. Some light reading. It's like. <laughs> It's funny, but in that sort of dark humor, Kurt Vonnegut, sarcastic way. So, yeah, right. it's a pretty horrific subject, but the way he does it, you do actually <clears throat> laugh out loud in some parts. He's really, yeah. he's one of my favorite authors. He's fantastic. For sure. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 <laughs> honestly, I haven't read anything in ages other than sort of uh, Zoom tutorial. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it's the first time in quite a long time that I actually am not in the process of reading something. Um, just haven't really had the time to pick up a book in the last year. Right. What was the last thing you read? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Yeah. Must have been good then. <laughs> yeah. 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 Best, <laughs> yeah. Bestseller. Facebook newsfeed. <laughs> right. Uh, what band do you like that none <laughs> of your friends like? Shit, I've got loads. Almost all of the stuff <laughs> that I listen to. <laughs> Aside from Nickelback. Well... <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, funny enough, a lot, most of my friends li- will listen to most of the stuff that I do. But I've got to admit, I do take great pleasure in um, playing any sort of metalcore and deathcore when Graham, our guitarist, is in the car. Because he hates it with a passion. Uh, yeah, he fucking hates that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I play it even louder. <laughs> nice. Oh, um, yeah, I'm pretty much with you on that one, Sam. It's always nice seeing his face when you blast this in Whitechapel. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Graham's a really easy target, right? Graham's a really easy target for that stuff because he all just like he either he either li- really loves something. I've heard him describe about a hundred different bands as the best band ever, mm. um, or he'll like completely oppose it. And yeah, that yeah. any any sort of core genre, you know, hardcore, deathcore, whatever, he's just he just hates it. Really, he just doesn't get I used it. to be like that. I used he to doesn't like get that. it. It's an acquired taste. An acquired yeah. taste. Sam, I think you got it right, right there. It is an acquired taste. I am not a big fan of a lot of uh, deathcore, metalcore bands, but I respect mm. and understand what they do. That I don't have to like them. But I get yeah. it yeah, because sure. it's yeah. because let's face it. I would have to say probably my favorite band is Motorhead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so cracking band, right? And it's just like to me, they they almost. I don't necessarily have to like it to understand what they're doing and to sure. to get behind what what somebody's doing. And I would go to a show, you know, like a split bill show. If say somebody like what I would say is in the metal core 
genre today, like knocked loose the band. Yeah. Uh, I could go to a show where it had them and a band that I would be into and could pro and still enjoy the show. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it, it was more of a case of that as my knowledge of music and sort of my playing skill got higher and better. So did the uh, extremeness of the music that I listened to, not just necessarily in the metal side of things, but also in things like jazz. I mean, the better I got at drums, the more I was listening to the experimental stuff with the metal, the more I was listening to blast beats, things like this, because with my playing, I was, I was learning to do all these, you know, new, faster, heavier things. And obviously listening to the pros do it sort of, it, my taste just expanded in that sense, as opposed to just listening to it as a, you know, music. For yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. it, it, uh, in a drumming aspect, and I think just as being a musician, it's like to use the, the Neil Peart approach. He got so yeah, good on his own that he had to continue the learning process. So when in the early to mid nineties, when he just completely shifted his playing style to a more, traditional jazz style it, i think mm -hmm. i think that's a great a great thing yeah for sure yeah you never you never stop learning and if you do then you know you're giving up i reckon right you it's, should hang it up yeah i think you Absolutely. if you're genuinely genuinely passionate about something and it's not it's not an effort really is it it's, you just by osmosis can just take stuff in like sam was saying though that you just sort of drift towards things whether you're listening to them initially because you know that it it's probably good information to internalize and then you can start expanding on it in your own playing. Or, you know, you, you might just end up genuinely enjoying it because it reflects your musical journey. Right. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's important to explore new territories all the time and maybe challenge yourself. If you find yourself saying quite often that you really hate something, then why don't you just like maybe go and listen to it? And find a yeah, reason yeah. to hate it because probably most of the time you're just saying it because of the people are seeing it around you. You know, it's definitely. Does that mean we're going to have to down tune Graham and get him chugging for a bit? Just oh just my lord! <laughs> you, you can have that conversation with me, mate, because there's no fucking chance he's going to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, time for the break. We're going to come back with some more Seven Sisters here at the Metal Forge. Hey everybody, thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Dion and Dirty Dollar tier. It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash radio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you. Who do you wish you'd never saw live? Oh, I've got a good one for this. Uh, the Black Crows. So they're one of my favorite bands. Like, I love the Black Crows. And I saw them on the postponed tour that was the Before the Frost Until the Freeze tour, which was like the last album they really did together, I think. Uh, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. And I was so excited to see them. And they fucking sucked live. They were shit. 
No, like, I was so upset. I've been waiting for like three years to see them because of this ticket that I've got and this tour that was postponed and whatever. And then I saw them and they sucked. And it's like, oh man, I should have just left the mystery there, you know, for me to, yeah, I was really upset about that. I get it. So yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I've never had a band that, I've never had a band that, that I've watched be so disappointing that I regret seeing them. I mean, there have been some that don't necessarily live completely up to the hype, mm. but they, mm. it, it, it's always been an experience in a sense. I get that. I mean, that's a that's a respectable answer to it because if they don't live up to the hype, right? I'm, I'm very sure that time. somebody's thought about somebody's probably thought that. Well, someone's people have definitely thought about that about projects that I've been in. So for sure, you know, yeah, yeah. man, I like wish I never. <laughs> I wasted my my five bucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me that half an hour that you just took up right. my life. <laughs> this is going to sound controversial, but it's like I, I kind of wish that I didn't see Iron Maiden as my first band because not because they sucked, but because they were so damn good that for <laughs> that nobody the longest else. time, yeah, pr- pr- exactly. I think it got. I think the next band I had to see that sort of lived up to that level was Rush because yeah, yeah. 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 So I saw, saw Maiden, Earl's Court, all the stadium and all the rest of it just absolutely blew everything away and then that's what that's what got me into music anyway um i wasn't sort of like a musical background or anything like that and i hadn't done anything musically before then so after that it was a case of okay i want to go and see i want to go and see bands now but then i, yeah. I just leave them with him it wasn't made them was it <laughs> yeah exactly i i yeah, think it's always maiden. no definitely not <laughs> what instrument would you like to learn how to play flute okay flute Definitely. I want to get my Ian Anderson on oh. and like standing on one leg. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I know shit. Oh. Just watched a video of a concert flautist who had never heard Jethro Tull before. Oh. And no. she did a reaction video to to him. Yeah. And it was so crazy because her mind was absolutely blown by his technique. And how yeah, and sure. how good he really is. Yeah, no, he's not fucking around. Like he's really good. I mean, to be able to dance around like a silly prick and play <laughs> flute at that kind of level, you've got to be good. You can't you can't fake that. Right. Nah. Well, the interesting thing too is is he kind of scats during his yeah. performance. He's doing vocal melody with his exhale. <laughs> Yeah, awesome it's it, it's crazy. Sam, so yeah, flute, Gareth, me. what about you? Oh, bagpipes. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to learn bagpipes. Come on, man. <laughs> He's going to take lessons from Jonathan Davis. That's right. <laughs> bagpipes are good, though. I dig them. Oh, wow. Yeah, they've always just been a noise that I like for some reason. No, I admit, I love the sound of bagpipes. Um, I, I, I don't know about learning them. I not carry enough shopping bags, let alone bloody instrument bags and all. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, not wrong. I, I think for me, an instrument I want to learn is probably drums. <laughs> hey, I'm, you know, you guys have got me in to do it, and now I've got to learn how to do it. Right, yeah. right, right. I dig what you what you're saying there because again, it's the always you're always learning something about your chosen yeah. instrument. I get mm-hmm. that. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Philosophical Sam over there. Yes, 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 yes. What food can you not stand? I'm going to preface this by saying I'm quite possibly the, the only Greek person on the planet with this opinion. Please don't say you I cannot, like for the love of me, say I fucking hate olives. Ah, oh. I, oh. I can't do it. I, oh, well, do it. I, was, I was having a nice evening until that. Oh. <laughs> I'm, tempted to get, 
I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some olives now just to piss you off. <laughs> That's right. You get me olives. I'll get Graham some metal core. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> We, lo- we love it. We really do. Ah, oh, we do, yeah. That's and what he gets do. for He's not like- showing up, right? Right. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what you get for having life. a family thing to do today. <laughs> oh. yeah. He's a savage in real life, so he can take it and this shit. So it's all good. Yeah. Right. Well, he gives good. just as good as he gets. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's see that's the that's the great thing about being in a band with people that you actually genuinely like to be around because mm-hmm. you can give each other shit and it's all fun and games and you know it's it's yeah. pretty lighthearted you don't have to necessarily go through the thing of the fist fights and shit like that that so many other major bands have had to endure over the years when yeah. you're friends when you're broke you can be friends when you make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars and then you wake up <laughs> yes 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 then there's oh, then there's that <laughs> Uh, food that I can't stand. Well, I mean, I'm vegetarian, so I could easily say animal, but right. I, I do actually really love the taste of animal, so I can't really say that. Um, I don't know, actually. Brussels sprouts. You know what? Fuck Brussels sprouts. Mm. And British cooking in general, actually. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, I mean, I've, I've been living in the Mediterranean for like three months now, so I, that's it. I'm a convert. This The food out here is just the best food in the world. I mean, some will... Some will attest, you know, being Greek. So the the Spanish and the Greek food is just some of the best in the world, hands down. They just don't know how to fry breakfast. That's the thing. that's the one thing that the British Isles might have is the Great British fry up. Right. Good English breakfast. Oh, unbeatable proper. I think for me, it's um, going on from you saying about a fry up, Sam. Uh, mushrooms can't stand them. Mm. Oh, oh <laughs> athlete's foot of the forest floor. <laughs> Mate, if my feet tasted like that, I'd be cooking them all day. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, that's it. Sam's crying. That's an image I did not want. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you've always wanted to do, but you're not coordinated enough to do? Drums. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Don't make me say drums again, guys. <laughs> uh, you've got to th- I'd take it this time. You've got to think of something else now. Um, something I'm not coordinated enough to do. Oh. I'm, I'm going to say playing that old board game, Operation. <laughs> I've got the shakiest hands of all time. It's like someone's just, when I was born, they stuck me on vibrate mode and left it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to go to uh, medical school? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> someone had come to my doctor's office and say, can you, can you pop this pimple and end up taking their whole eye out or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I'm not sure about this one uh, not coordinated enough to do well I can't juggle and I've always wanted to juggle so I'm going to say juggling right on that's a pretty light hearted one yeah. that's yeah I mean that's phys- physical coordination if yeah, you're talking yeah, about yeah. being me- mentally coordinated to do something then just life in general to be fair but, uh, <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um I always equate it to, like, I would love to, to go, like, hiking, but it's okay. like, as soon as I step into the woods, it's like, I feel like I have two left feet, and I'm just like, I don't want to slip and fall and shit like that, yeah. because that sucks. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, juggling, you know, that's a pretty lighthearted thing. To do. What's your most unpopular music opinion? Oh, do I say it? Do I not? Nah. Do it. Do it. Nah. Go, on. Go for it. I'm trying Come to think on. of something now. I mean, most heavy metal really fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. I think I it really it. does. I think heavy metal's biggest downfall is that it only draws inspiration from itself. 
right and mm. doesn't look at the wider picture so you get so many bands that are copies of a copy of a copy whereas the original metal bands were drawing inspiration from all sorts going around them and not just music like a lot of the heavy metal movements came with political and social movements as well whereas metal bands of today maybe wanted to do this traditional heavy metal stuff they'll just stick on a judas priest record and then copy that but there's so much context to that judas priest record that they're missing out on right so yeah. the biggest downfall i think of heavy metal today is that it's just so uninspired because they're listening to all this filtered experience going into one record but then to them it's just when it comes to them it's just diluted i can yeah. agree with that sam help me i, I don't I, I don't know if i'd say it was necessarily unpopular well i guess if you take the name of it popular pop music pop music is absolute and utter dog shit <laughs> no you, you're right i'm not not discrediting that for at me all. for me it's a case of you switch on the radio and then you switch off the radio right because there's just <laughs> Look, there's no interest at that point not no, on you not i mean not to a lot of people who are into metal I don't think. It's, it's not even necessarily metal. It's anyone that's into any form of music in a in a substantial way. If you're if you're the type of person that doesn't really have music in your time off and you you know, you just listen to it when the radio comes on in the car or something, it's fine. But for everybody else that listens to their own style of music, whatever it may be, when you turn on the radio and you hear every song is, you know, it, you know, built within four chords and it's always, you know, a, a regular tempo and you know, it's always the same structure. It's just boring. Right. There's no creativity in it anymore. I mean, I remember reading somewhere that um, Sia wrote one of her biggest hit in 15 minutes. I'm sorry, but like, um, come on now, you've written the same song about eight times, all in 15 how long minutes. Did it take us, how long did it take to us to write um, write our album or whatever? Yeah. If you look at too, us in 15 minutes. Too fucking long. <laughs> right. <laughs> if I could write an album in 15 minutes, I'd be laughing. On the note there with what you were saying, Sam, is... Yeah, it, f a 15-minute song was was probably the biggest hit. A lot of people would contest that with saying Paranoid, which was yeah. notably written in 10 minutes and became the biggest hit of that album, that they, that they even yeah, named the, the album is- after that. But when you get down to it, who's going to have the longer career, who's going to have the most longevity out of their respective 10 or 15-minute writing session of a biggest hit? Black Sabbath or Sia? I'm pretty sure we all know it's going to be Black Sabbath. Yeah, but the, the way I see it, Black, when Black Sabbath did that, there wasn't necessarily a, a, a formulaic structure to music like there is nowadays. True. Whereas over the last 20, 25, 30 years, all of your sort of, in quotes, chart music, it's all very much built to this same formula. So it's, you know, it's <coughs> verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end. Or it's all three minutes, 30. It's all four chords. Right. Whereas paranoid, I mean, it's been like it's been like that since the seven-inch single existed. That's why it's three minutes thirty because you can only fit yeah. that amount of music on one side of a seven-inch right. single. I did but yeah, I know what you're saying. Especially, I've noticed in the last ten years, like chart pop music is just totally vapid. Like it's just void of any real substance, feeling at yeah. all. Yeah. It, it really is just like an accessory to people's everyday lives. Like Sam was saying, you know, you turn the car radio on and it's like, oh yeah, this will be a nice soundtrack to my trip to work. But it's not like music you can invest in. You know, there's no real human connection going on there, I don't think. For yeah. sure. Which I think is kind of a cool thing that people who are in like the independent metal world like we are, that's a that's an uptick of what we have. We can do the seven inch singles and sell out of them. But yeah. I don't think people like Sia or, you know, pop bands could do that because 
they're not in that collector market. They're not into that market of they're just a, a background noise where yeah. bands like yours and mine and Haunt and all these other bands really are people's lives. Yeah. And I think that's a testament really to maybe even more specifically just heavy metal fans rather than yeah. the greater music world. Because like I think I don't envy indie bands, you know, like indie rock bands, because their fans suck. They're just the most, again, they just don't give a shit. They don't care about the buying a t-shirt or buying a CD even. You know, it's just right. about maybe just going to a particular show because they want to look cool and that's the show to go to. At least that's the impression that I've been, had when going to indie rock concerts and things like that. But metal fans live it. Like, they absolutely live and breathe it. So yeah. being a metal band, you are at an advantage in the sense that, you know, when you do get fans, if you do, they will be invested in you and they will want to buy merchandise. But yeah, people like Sia, I'm sure she has like super fans, but it's not the same culture. It's not the same, like, I guess it's a, it is a traditional format as a band releases merchandise and goes on tour. She makes her money through royalties, you know, right. and synchronizing her music to adverts and movies and writing songs to other people. You know, it's not. It's not actually in sales. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right, we're going to take this last break. We're going to come back. We're going to answer a few more questions. Then we're going to rock the fuck out with some Seven Sisters. Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, Mine's people talking whilst eating. I can't handle it. I just cannot handle it. I lose my shit. Like talking <laughs> with their talking with their mouth full of food. You mean not like during yeah, a can, during a di- can, having a conversation during dinner? No, no, that's fine. But when 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 you can actually hear the food oh, and the voice at the same time, that that's yeah. I want to yes. fight people over that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I think I think that's my one as well, Sam. That's yeah, it's okay. it's dramatic. Mine's a bit more, uh, yeah, it's, it's people coughing, uh, coughing, but it's when it's like a single cough that's like, uh, uh, you know, like that. Oh my God. I don't know why. It's completely irrational, but I want to fucking kill that person. It's just like, I don't know. I can't, I can't control it. And I've, I've sort of just accepted that's just who I am. That's the kind of person that I am now. Yeah. All right, son. <laughs> I thought he was going to do it again. <laughs> but it's I don't know why I, I, there's no rational explanation for it maybe I'm just a complete fucking sociopath but that that's mine <laughs> uh, for sure if you followed your dreams as a child what would you be doing right now uh, doing a radio interview for Metal Forge <laughs> listen to that hey. Hey. nice little plug ball <laughs> thank you that's, that, see that's great um, I'll probably be doing just doing the same really because i've not really wanted to do anything other than music i think it was yeah it was up until up until i saw that show um i didn't really have any sort of 
indication or any direction or whatever. I mean, nobody wakes up and goes, oh, I want to be a secretary when I grow up. You know, you sort of do all these things to sort of facilitate your ability to want to play play music. And that's pretty much all. I've never wanted to do anything else and I can't picture myself not doing it. Right on. Yeah. For me, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, you wanted to drive a you wanted to drive a van for a band and work their merch table, didn't you? <laughs> Don't you say that? But that That's is how exactly we how I met the seven sisters. <laughs> True story. Sam Sam was our driver before he was our drummer. I, I, I'm aware of this because that is one thing I was going to bring up on the from the metal archives under <laughs> under his name. Oh. It says for trivia. Prior to joining Seven Sisters as drummer, Sammy was their driver and merch guy. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> wow, they they really do yep. go into detail on that website. Well, don't sometimes they, they do. I don't know how they found that out. <laughs> well, I mean, we, you know, we must have posted it on social media somewhere. Yeah. To be fair, they had me up as a member of Seven Sisters. I think it was something like within seven minutes of the announcement going out on Facebook. It really? was really fast, actually. Yeah, it was wow. on it. It was scary they, fast, actually, I'll be honest. <laughs> that is I insane. could be wrong, though. To this date, though, I don't think they've updated the profile picture for us yet. No, no. Apparently, my name is Sam, but I look like Steve. Oh, I of am. course. <laughs> yes, the, the profile picture is not updated yet. <laughs> I'm looking at it right Fair now. Uh, yeah, metal archives. Come on. You're better than this. Right, right, right. We'll have to if anybody <laughs> if anybody on there listens to the show, which wait until this comes out. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get them going. As always, links to Seven Sisters will be in the description below. Facebook, Instagram, Bandcamp, official links, so on and so forth. Click those links below. Support these guys because they're fucking awesome. And do you have any shout outs you want to give before we leave today? Yeah. Uh, shout out to you mentioned him briefly, but Trevor from home. He's just our guy. We absolutely love him. We, I, Trevor and I talk on a regular basis. So yeah, he, shout he's out a to super Trev. cool dude. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the man. He was tour dad when we did our tour with them. He was tour dad <laughs> for sure. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, a shout out to Graham for not being here, but still being the loves of our life. Love you, my um, dude. Yeah. Uh, actually, just a, probably a bit of official business after all that candid chat. But our album will be coming out this summer, and I suppose we can tell you the name of it. It's going to be called. Shadow of a Falling Star, part one. And it's going to be the first album in a two-part series. And uh, yeah, it'll be out this summer on Dissonance Records, or Dissonance Productions, I suppose they're called. And uh, we'll, we'll be announcing more of it later, like pretty soon, I'm hoping, within the week or within two weeks at least. Nice. But, yeah. So you got the we- exclusive album title on today's show. Hell Shadow yeah. of a Fallen Star. Part one. Serious. Seven Sisters do space. We're, now, going, to, we're going to space now. <laughs> See, yeah, now can. is where you don't release the next album is part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You make people wait. Yeah. You make them oh, wait. Man. Yeah. Oh, twist. Gareth, Sam, any shout outs you would like to give? Um, my shout out to the Border Patrol going into Switzerland. Oh, yeah. um, Fuck you, Switzerland. <laughs> No, the fa- the fans were great. The Border Patrol, shite. Ah, nice. I'd, I'd say my shout-out goes to the uh, the Conservative Party and their excellent handling of said pandemic. And uh, loving them for giving us all the funding that we ever could have wanted or needed. Bravo. Cunt. Fuck them all. 
They're all crooked bastards. Very much. Slow, sarcastic, slow, sarcastic clap. Okay. Rapid fire. Final question. What album changed your life? Master of Puppets. Dance of Death. Number of the Beast. Nice. Wow. Guys, mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on the show this week. It's been super fun. It's been fucking killer and awesome. I dig it. Looking forward to the new stuff coming out this summer. Hell yeah. From Dissonance Recording. What do you guys want me to play out for you guys today? I'll let these guys decide. You choose. Okay. Culture of the Cross, part two. Oh. Yeah. Fully seconded. Absolutely. Number two. (laughs) All right. This is Cauldron of the Cross, part two. And I hope you want to stick around because this is a long one. Jam out.
hey, are you all in a band? Do you need merch for shows? By now, I'm sure you've seen all the Metal Forge patches that are available, along with many more. Well, the printer I use for those is UKR Patcher. Check them out on Facebook and Etsy. They do awesome custom work and for extremely affordable prices for any band budget. Check them out at UKR Patcher on Facebook and Etsy. 